The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Dan. Because Nick is sick as shit, and it is a bad day to be a Yankee fan unless you love Luis Severino because he's pitched once in like four years. So yeah, Nick is sick. It was his bachelor party. In positive news, he got out of a cast. He got into the walking boot. Didn't have to go to a second opinion. Went, had a bachelor party this weekend, texted me, told me he's got strep this week, this morning, and he can hardly talk. So that's a shot for it's you, man. Yeah, it's not, not a good time to get sick with, with anything, really. So at least it's only strep. Well, it's strep in his mind as of this morning. I think he's still got to go, you know, get tested and everything. But it's probably strep. Uh-huh. You could tell. Have, have you ever had strep? Uh, I got it eight times my sophomore year of high school let's fucking I mean, go my mom yeah my mom got a letter that said if i missed any more days of school she would get arrested eight times that's great i mean over the course of a school year i mean that's once a month yeah i was doing a lot of macking yeah was that what it was just a, a, like a lot of kissing no i i have no idea what it was i think i don't know i get strep every other year Like, two or three times. So, like, I know for a fact, like, this winter I'm going to have it, like, two or three times. I haven't had it since then. Yeah, no, so I've, like, my whole life gotten it to the point where I've gone in. I go to the doctor when I get it, and I tell them I have strep, and they're like, you don't, like, we'll run the test, and the test will come up negative. And then I've had to go back, like, two days later, and the test is positive. I'm like, I know... You know, I've also gone into the doctor with strep, and I've had a doctor say, like, I can smell the strep on you. Like, because you, you just, like, emit that, like, streppy taste <laughs> out of your mouth. It's so bad. I'm hoping to get my tonsils removed this spring. They stop. Is that what causes it? Yeah, like, it's strep tonsillitis. It's, like, the same thing. I get, um, I get, my tonsils get really inflamed. 
I also have that dangly thing in your back of your throat. I have two of them. What? Like, yeah, your uvula, mine goes down and splits. That's how many people in the world have that? That's got to be. I don't know. Double uvula? We could Google it. Well, while you're looking that up, I got a question. Okay. Would you rather get strep tested every day or COVID tested every day? Um, I would take the COVID because yeah. I have a bad gag reflex. I wouldn't last exactly. very long in prison at all. Like, it's not, it's not good. It's also known as a cleft uvula. How many people have it? <laughs> complications. What are complications? No complications. In some cases, though, it's with certain health complications. I don't know. I'm um, tr- one out of every 76 people. So it's really not that no. rare. No. Yeah. I've never met another person who's had it, though. And I've met I've one out of 76 people. Yeah. I, um, so, yeah. So they didn't do, like, they used to remove tonsils. And then you, when you hit a certain age, and that's when I started getting strep. They uh, they don't do it anymore for like once you're considered like an adult because the amount of bleeding your body doesn't stop bleeding as easily and then like two years ago I went to the doctor for it and they were like oh we started doing it for adults again and so I have like mild sleep apnea but if you do that it helps you breathe more helps your metabolism I'll lose like 15 pounds just by getting my tonsils out oh maybe I should do that eat ice cream for a week you know um, so we'll see. But yeah, so here's what I think happened. I don't think Nick has COVID. But Nick was, I forget where you said it was. I think it was Wall, is right by Manasquan. And he went, he probably went out in Manasquan or in, in that hour, Belmar, all that. And I, on TikTok, I see young people having fun. And all summer, though, it's been like the Manasquan or Belmar flu. Like, people are going, especially once Memorial Day started, people go, they come back, and they're like, I am sick all week, and I get better about Thursday, and I go, and I, it happens again, but they're all testing negative for COVID. So it's not COVID. It's just, like, something that all these Italians are passing to each other down there, fist bumping. <laughs> yeah, so, so we have something like that, but it's when you go to Tallahassee. Yeah. Because they don't, they call it Tallahassee for a reason. My sister lived there and met her husband for a number of years. She went to Florida State. I just learned last week, Tallahassee is the capital of Florida because it's equidistant between Panama City and Jacksonville. And that's why I would, Panama City and Jacksonville both wanted to be the capital. And Tallahassee was picked because it's in the middle. Because there was nothing in like southern Florida at the time. There's a swamp. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, because it's like. Eight hours from Miami. Yeah, so Miami wasn't sense. even like really a thing yet. Oh, so, so yeah, that's it became a state. There you go. Fun Florida facts. Do you know where Brian Laundry is? Uh, no, I've been looking for him though. <laughs> right. I feel like it's like an episode of Dexter. Did you watch Dexter? Oh yeah, it's it's like crazy. this guy. Like, hey, you're a killer. You're go- you're never getting found. You're in the bay, Bay Harbor butcher. So. You're going to fill in for Nick. Like, we're going to talk about this Yankee team. I'd rather talk about Strep. I'd rather have Strep, probably, than talk about this team right now. But I want to give people a little bit of framing because everyone knows I'm an old man, 36 year old, fucking angry at the world and the Yankees. You are a super senior in college. Yes. So, what are you, 23? 22. 20, 22. Um, 
lived your whole life in Tallahassee. No, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, whatever, one of them. Yeah. Um, how, did you like Urban Meyer's little like message that they're going to flip this thing around? No, that was so stupid. <laughs> he's got I a just, lot. Just won some football games. He's got a lot of pictures in his house. Um, yeah. Ha, why are why are you a Yankee fan? So my dad's whole side of the family is from Tom's River, New Jersey, closest White Castle to Philly. Yep. Um, but they're like diehard Yankees fans, and then I, you know, just generational got passed down. Yeah. So makes sense. I'm not a um, I'm not a gatekeeper of like Yankee fans. Like there are some people who are like, well, you know, da da da. I won't take shit from people from like other places when people think like they're from the Bronx because they had like three chopped cheeses. That's not going to do it for <laughs> me. But like if you were just raised on the Yankees, more power to you. And I often uh, I offer like amnesties, you know, for like Met fans like, hey, you're an adult now. You can make a decision. You can get away from your abusive family. Come on over. Um, so is that why – so does your grandma listen to this because she's a Yankee fan or because you just are on this? So that's actually a different side of the family. Okay. So she's yeah, not a Yankee. They're from Oh, uh, I think they like she's from Connecticut, so I think they rooted for the Yankees, but like not my other side of the family is like everyone's diehard. Like my aunt, like she went to the Derek Jeter's final game. She was at his Hall of Fame thing this week or what last week. So they're uh, like diehards. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Did your grandma start her road trip yet to Connecticut? No, they canceled it. Fuck. Fuck. I was going to say, if she, if she needs like a cup of coffee on the way, exit two on the turnpike, I got an espresso. Um, and, and the pool's still open until Wednesday. Um, okay. Who is – so you're 22 years old. So that so you were 10 when we last won the World Series. Yeah. So who is your favorite Yankee? Okay. Um so this is weird. I don't. I don't know how many people's favorite Yankee is this, but my favorite Yankee is Mark Teixeira. No, that's not weird. That's okay, like I just. I everyone says Jeter, but it was Mark Teixeira for me. Well, because you didn't get like if you said yours was Jeter, I would have asked for the next one because like that doesn't like you can love Derek. You can be like, yeah, Derek Jeter is my favorite Yankee of all time because of all you know about Derek Jeter, but. Like, you didn't really experience a lot of, like, great junior. No. no. So, yeah, no, Tex being your guy makes sense. You know, gold glove first baseman. Made a lot of money yeah, with I us. Wore, won a World Series. I picked 25 for, like, when I grew up playing baseball, I'd always wear 25. So, okay. For him. So, I was like, yeah. So, that makes sense. Um. All right. So, let's talk about this fucking team. We suck. Well, for, as that. Now, I'm obviously angry because it's been so long for a World Series. For You know, obviously, it's been the same amount of time for each of us. But, like, you went through middle school, high school, and now college without a World Series. I've gone through, mm-hmm. like, I've got to start paying taxes. I owe money on taxes. <laughs> I've gone through breakups. I've gone through children. Like... I've been through a lot, and I need this, like, a lot of those things are very happy things, not the taxes, but I need that joy. Like, how do you feel as a Yankees fan who saw World Series when he was 10 that maybe your parents let you stay up late to watch the rest of the game? But, like, the Yankees won in 96. I was 11 years old, and 
I, you know, I got to wake up to watch Charlie Hayes, but like I had to be in bed already. So like, where are you as like a Yankee fan and your feelings having not lived through the dynasties and really you saw one as a child, but 27 rings, bro, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So as I haven't, I was 10 when I saw a world series. So the Yankees, even though we haven't won the World Series, you know, we've been in the playoffs pretty consistently for the last, what, 11 years now. And being a fan of the Jaguars and Florida State football as well, I don't I don't get to enjoy a lot of sports victories. Okay. So really, the Yankees are the only, the good thing in my life. Even though we haven't been to the World Series or won another World Series. At least we're in the playoffs and, and that gives me something to live for. But now this team, like this year, like... I have nothing. So, like, some, my before this season, like, low water, like, low level marks were the highlights of your sports fandom. Yes. Because, yeah, you probably haven't seen an. When was the last time Florida State won a national championship? 2013. James Winston. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over Auburn. And so you were like 14 then. Mm hmm. Okay. And then. The Jaguars are, yeah, they were in the AFC. They were in the AFC Championship 2017, but that was a fluke year. They were there with fucking Bortles, all right? They were hardly there. That's my guy. Bortles is my guy. (laughs) The boat. Um, boat. And then do you have like hockey? Like, are you a Lightning fan? No, I root for the Devils, so. Oh, okay. Martin Brodeur. Is that, that's another family thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's always like interesting to me, especially on you know the online personas of people who like do what we do, who are like mm-hmm. we're the fucking best. And it's like you actually haven't seen the best. You don't know what the best is. Like you haven't seen it. Um, we I haven't seen it in a long time, but like I've seen it. I felt it. Um, yeah, because it's just like this is this season's just been so embarrassing. So obviously we got together last week. We had beaten the Twins, and it was like, let's see what we do. We've got the Orioles. We've got to sweep them two out of three. We've got the Mm -hmm. Indians one out of three. Now we've got the Rangers, and I was on ESPN Syracuse earlier today talking about it. Right now, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about what we need to do and all this stuff. Gut feeling, are the New York Yankees in the playoffs at the end of the season? Well, I think... We have one series left for Toronto and one series versus Boston left. And right now I I wanna say yes, but it just they're it's just a constant nosedive. So I don't know how they go back get back up and continue to keep pace with Toronto and Boston who seem to only be heating up right now. And athletics too for that matter. So like out of those four teams, like I see us right now as the fourth team. It's like it's going to be those three teams fighting for the spot, not us. Yeah, I mean, we've got look, we we have to sweep the Rangers right now. I do not believe the Yankees will make the playoffs. Um, I think that we won't sweep the Rangers because now we've got a must-win every game series. And as fun as he's been, you know, we're going Cortez today. That you know the the carriage can turn back into a pumpkin at any time with him mm-hmm. i don't remember the rest of the rotation for the rest of the series but like we don't have coal in the mix coal's not coming back until friday 
um, got booed off the, the field yesterday. And so, like, heading into this week, I just don't see it happening. Obviously, if we won every game the rest of the season, we control our own destiny. We're in the playoffs. We're probably hosting a game. But I've got no signs that, that that's something that they're going to do. As a younger fan, what what are your thoughts and feelings on Gary Sanchez? So I, growing up, I caught a lot. Okay. And the I'm assuming we're talking about missing the ball. I'm just in general, like or it's always like in general. In general, how do you feel about him? But like, feel free dive into any of those areas. So, as a person who's caught and before, I sort of thought Gary Sanchez may have gotten crossed up on that one instance where the ball got passed against the Orioles. Okay, I thought maybe he got crossed up, but either way, like he still has to catch that ball. And all of my friends who they're fans of different teams, they would. They're like, oh, Gary Sanchez sucks. He's so lazy. And I used to defend Gary Sanchez, but like after this, it's like you can't you can't defend him because he is lazy, and he is a bad defender now. So it's just like there's no defending him. Yeah, I mean, I think like you, when you see the Tuesday Wednesday game, and we go out there and you know Tuesday, we win seven two, so that's nice. We win on Wednesday four to three. And, you know, we're trying to battle on Thursday for a two-to-one win. And I think those two games are a great example of, like, what has really been wrong with this team. Because even when we won 13 in a row, we're winning one-run games. We're in the most one-run games of any team in the league. And with that and the pitching, especially pitching injuries in the bullpen and some of the ineffectiveness in the bullpen, you're just not, you're not setting yourself up to be successful in the long run if you can't, especially with the lineup we have, blow some teams out. You know, as I'm looking at just like the calendar in front of me and seeing some of the games, even like our wins are all one-run wins. So you're not helping mm-hmm. the team out at all. But that Thursday night loss, I was sitting in bed with it on, and I was watching and I just said – holy shit, we're about to blow this game right before the wild pitch. And for like, there's a lot of Gary defenders out there because I think people get attached. And that's why I asked, like, what do you view of him? Because as you're coming, you know, to a certain extent, like of age of like, I can invest my own thoughts and time and finances into the game. He is, you know, he was one of the like prominent parts of the future. And, like, that was the most fitting way that we can lose a game. It shows exactly, you know, we have a guy pitching who shouldn't be in that position, shouldn't have to be in that position. Like, Clay Holmes should Mm -hmm. not be in a game in the ninth inning, the end of September, in a one-run game in the rain. And a lot of Gary defenders jumped down my throat. You know, that was a wild pitch. That wasn't a pass ball. That's not on Gary. You're a Teixeira guy. If Jeter threw one in the dirt over to Teixeira and it gets away, that's an error on Jeter. But the difference, what made Teixeira special at first base, was he catches that ball. So if you're going to be an elite catcher, you have to catch that pitch. If you're a decent catcher, you have to catch that pitch. And 
his offensive numbers don't carry to any other position. I said this last week, too. It just doesn't carry anywhere else. And now we've watched him cost us that game. And then, yeah, we weren't going to win the game on Saturday because uh, we didn't lose the game because he dropped that pop-up. But at a point where we are fighting for a playoff spot, or we're supposed to be fighting for a playoff spot, you can't have, you can't give extra outs. I don't care if it's a one-run game or an eight-run game. It's bad morale. It's bad for the team. It's a bad experience for fans. It's just, it's just bad. It's just bad. Yeah, and I don't get why after that play, why is he not like immediately benched? I mean, well, I mean, I go to I go back to the Met game when you're you know in the you know in a eight day span. He had three, like, three, these are the easiest defensive plays. We're not talking about, hey, he made a great play, pick barehanding, spinning, and firing the first base on a bunt. I'm talking about a pop-up straight up. I'm talking a pitch a little far further than outside. And I'm talking about standing in place. And it goes back to, what I complained about last week, I've complained about a bunch of Aaron Boot. Like you said, how do you not pull the guy there? How many times do you let a guy embarrass you? How many times, if you're Aaron Boone, are you going to let Gary Sanchez fuck your wife before you say something about it? I'm sorry, Grandma Patricia. I shouldn't use that <laughs> language. Yeah. Well, so war is wins above replacement. I wish there was a stat that was like, losses above replacement because i would love to see how many losses or what gary sanchez's losses above replacement would be or below replacement yeah it seems that i mean i i think there will be i think neil keefe is going to do because i mentioned it on this podcast i talked to him when the season's over i think he's going to do a a blog keefe to the city uh keefe is (laughs) k-e-e-f-e to the city He'll probably have it there. Um, how many games did Aaron Boone cost us? Because even in that um, loss to the Orioles, it comes down to coaching. And I get it. They're not instructional at the major league level. But when you've got the bases loaded, one out, why would you have the infield in? The odds are are much higher that base hit that won the game had an expected batting average of 100 that is two steps to the left for dj second to first we're out of that inning we're still battling in the 11th but boone's got the infield in and no one you know so you gotta blame the whole coaching staff yeah it just a lot of it doesn't make sense i mean i don't know how compared to other uh, teams, how analytical the Yankees are, but whoever's doing their analytics is just awful. I th- or if it's, I don't know if it's Boone just making these decisions without looking at anything. Like, that's not even an analytical decision in my mind. That's just knowing baseball. Is like You're more likely to get that double play by having the defense at double play depth than on a hot shot on wet grass, you're... 
you know, your third baseman's going to come up with that, throw a guy out at first. Gary, who hasn't caught a ball in three years, is going to now catch and turn that ball to first. I don't see it happening. Well, do you even trust with how the infield's been performing lately? Do you even trust him to turn that double play with all the errors that have been happening? I mean, I don't trust him to do. I don't trust him to do anything. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's the, the best position that you can put yourself in. So, you know, Gary's definitely cost us games. Um, Glaber got demoted to second base. It's it's got to be tough to be the shortstop or the center fielder for the New York Yankees, and then you're not. Like, they're iconic positions. It's the dream. And you just get moved over to second base, but then you're still making errors. You're still, like, double play balls. You're just throwing the first. Like, there is a, a total lack of accountability. And again, I get it. Like, maybe Boone, you know, he thinks this is the only thing that's going to keep me in in contention. Glaber's another guy who, you know, he responded to a talking to earlier in the season. I think that's a guy that, you know, if you pull for not knowing how many outs there were and stuff, you maybe get more of him the next day. Yeah, and then Glaber, for me, when you're talking about, you know, this as a younger Yankees fan and this kind of generation of, of my players that are here, so Glaber was my guy out of the whole group. Okay. Like, I, I have his jersey. Uh, the name on the back will be undisclosed if it's there or not. Fuck. We'll see. Fuck. <laughs> but watching Glaber's regression has just been like so like sad to see because I like he was definitely my favorite player out of that group and just seeing him become so like so many errors and just not even looking anywhere near comfortable in the batting box. It just sucks to see because he was so good and, and it seemed like we really fleeced the Cubs in that trade getting getting Glaber for them to get Chapman on that rental. So. That just sucks so much to see. Wait, you're a Mark Teixeira guy, favorite Yankee, mm-hmm. and you have a Glaber Torres jersey with the name on the back. Yeah, from China. From oh, okay. I got a Teixeira jersey though without the name, so it just might not fit me anymore. Gotcha. Okay, you were a kid. You were a kid. Um, yeah. Okay, the China jersey. I get it's it. The best. I've never, I've never gotten one. I don't. I, I'm done. Bucks. But what, does it, doesn't it take like eight weeks to get there? No, you got to use a certain site. I'm thinking about getting like AirPods off DHgate. I saw that on TikTok too. I get most of my mm-hmm. information off TikTok nowadays. Smart. Yeah, I went to, like, I had the whole thing. I was ready to check out, but they don't take Amex, and that's what I have saved in my computer where I can just, like, fingerprint it, and they don't have PayPal, and I just, I didn't want to go get my wallet. So they send you, like, eight follow-up emails, like, hey, this is still in your, uh, in your like, fucking uh, cart. Come on back and get these fake AirPods. Oh, everyone posts a thing where they, like, scan the serial code, code and it ends up, like, being real on apple so i don't know yeah i mean i well i saw on tiktok i saw a bunch of people like review them and they're like yeah no these work great so i maybe i'll get them i'll bring my wallet to my desk tomorrow maybe and we'll see we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So another thing that happened this week is uh, obviously yesterday, you know, we stunk the joint out um, and Cole got booed. Now, I know Twitter is where I do a lot of my interactions with people. I do. I look at the Bronx Pinstripes like Facebook page where there's uh, like Bronx Pinstripe show Facebook group or whatever. And I see some people in there. There are some dumb people in there like throwing out some fucking really stupid ideas. Um, but I tend to I think like a lot of stupidity, you know, can be the echo chamber of Twitter and it doesn't always carry over to the stadium. But booing Garrett Cole is insanity to me. The guy gave up seven runs in five and two-thirds innings. Any other situation, if we were eight games up in first place and he went out there and had that same stuff, we'd just pull him early. You know, hey, he just didn't have it today. The only reason we're in contention is Stanton, Judge, and Cole. I mean, they've really, like, Cole's carried this team at times. And for people to go out and like boo him coming off the mound because he didn't have it one day, I think it's a lot of the frustration of the season in general. And I think he'll let it, you know, roll off his back. But you know, that's like booing Stanton for going over five on opening day. It's just like it's a bit much, and it doesn't really make a ton of sense. So I wasn't actually at the game, or I couldn't watch the game because I was at the Jaguars game. All right. So I was looking on my phone. I was looking at my phone and I saw the score. You know. One nothing Indians getting the notification. So eventually I stopped looking. But when I saw that Cole got booed, I was like so confused because like there's no way this would happen. They're like, who would boo Garrett Cole? And we've got like, him for like Jaguars? for so many more years too. It's not like, yeah, hey, we're booing you on the way out. Yeah, and so Jaguars fans, we've had the worst quarterback play in NFL history the past few years. And I've booed Blake Bortles and Chad Henney and whoever else. We boo those guys, but Trevor Lawrence on Sunday threw two interceptions, not a single boo to be heard because that's Trevor Lawrence. Like, he's the savior. Garrett Cole's the Yankee savior too right now. And so I just think it's messed up that the fans are booing him. Yeah, I just like – I get the emotion, you know, you you brought your, I think it was, it was Yankees Scooby-Doo bobblehead day, probably a lot of kids out there, a lot of families, a lot of, you know, you're, you're spending a million dollars to bring your kids to the game and you get embarrassed. That sucks, but hopefully you're not booing in front of your kids. How often do you get to Yankee games? Like how many times have you been to Yankee stadium from, you know, Jacksonville? 
Um, so I've only been to Yankee Stadium twice. Okay. The new one. Okay. I think I I went to the old one once when I was really young. Yeah. But I've only seen two Yankees games at Yankee Stadium. And then you flew up to Philly this year with us. You go mm-hmm. to um, and you go to Tampa to see them and Atlanta. Uh, I wanted to go. I didn't get to go to Atlanta this year. I wanted to though. Have you gone to see them when they've been in Atlanta? No, never. Have you been to that stadium? No, that's why I wanted to go. Uh, it's a cool stadium. Really nice. Yeah, it's a cool yeah. stadium. I was. I've been hoping for a Yankees weekend series there uh, since I went there in like 2019. I went on like a Tuesday by myself. Um, real cool stadium. Real cool like area. I'd love a, a weekend series there. That'd be a great time. Atlanta's great. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah, just the games were on like Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, that's it sucks. Um, we've got some injury updates. Where are you as like as a, a younger man, Luis Severino? So back in 2017, I rescued a puppy, and I named him Sevy. Like you went to like a shelter, or like you had a wild yeah. story like me. I like went to a shelter and bought a puppy for fifty bucks to adopt him, and I named him Sevy after Luis Severino. Okay, and then I think that happened around the same time that whenever he uh, collapsed in the playoffs, right? Anytime he's ever, that. anytime he's ever pitched in the playoffs, he's an awful playoff pitcher. Yeah, I think it was right around there, and uh, we ended up giving away the dog because we thought he was cursed. So. <laughs> That's fucking terrible, man. No, he, he was a very bad dog, and my parents didn't want him. I did it without telling them, so. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Where did you give him away? Um, Some older couple. Uh, My grandma's friends, actually. Oh, okay. So you got you didn't, like, dump yeah. him at a shelter? Okay. No, no, no. That would be terrible. Some people do that, man. I, hear, I mean, look at my dog. Like, that was just a dog oh, on the street no. that was going to die. Got some good feedback this week that uh, there was some interest in the publishing houses in New York for my kid's book. Imagine I, was, I wrote a kid's book. What a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk some injury updates because we're talking Sevy. So Sevy is activated today on Monday. We're recording this. It's like 6 o'clock right now. He's available to come in and pitch. He's got anywhere from one to three innings in him. And I just like I have a hard time getting excited at this point in the season for that because I have anger still from him not getting this taken care of in 2019. He waited, missed most of the season. I think he pitched in like three games, was available for us in the playoffs. Fucking stunk. Stunk in the playoffs against the Astros. Misses all last year. Pretty much misses this year. Like I don't care. He'll make maybe three appearances. Maybe he'll get seven innings under his belt. Um, you know, there's people like, oh, he's back for the playoffs. It's the worst thing. I'd rather we had him all year and he got injured today. <laughs> it kind of, you know, the other way around. So I, I just, you know, I see people so excited about it. And it's like, oh, we're looking for anything to be happy about. But, like, it's just tough to get ramped up. Like, to me, this is just get a little work in. So you can properly set your off-season workout plans, in my mind. I don't yeah, see him I'm being not, a contributor. I'm not too excited for him. to. I mean, may, hopefully, maybe he'll get in the game tonight, but I'm not getting up for it. I mean, 
I'm not going to get my hopes up because I feel like he'll probably end up getting shelled. I think all the reports are coming out from his starts in the minors that he was kind of getting rocked a little bit. Yeah, they said so. he looked good the other day. He threw a sim game, and they were like, oh, he looked really good. He hit 95, looked sharp. But then I also see, like, Odor is going deep off you. Yeah, so I'm not going to get my hopes up for it. You know, yeah, you're totally right, though, about <laughs> rather him getting pitch all year and then get injured now so he doesn't have to pitch in the playoffs. And like, and then so now we've also got um, Domingo Herman could be back. It's like all this pitching that we heard all year about is like kind of trickling in at this point. And you know, obviously Domingo was up, he was down, he's had some good stuff with us this year, but now he's coming back. Tyone's gonna make a rehab start uh, for you know like his ankles, so then. They're saying like he could be back next week. Where it's like we're really talking about like can we squeeze one start out of these guys? And we're really just like piecing it together. Lewisica is supposed to throw. He took today off after throwing three days in a row. He's supposed to throw again and then maybe be available to us like late in the Boston series or in the Blue Jay series. And it's just like these are all the things that you would want to be happening if we were eight games up in first place. Like, the boys are just getting a little bit of work. And to me, it's not like, oh, great, Sevy's back. Oh, great, like, these guys are back. It's like, this is, like, what could have been? There's a big, like, we should have a totally different attitude, a totally different mental towards what is going on that, like, we're just not afforded at this point. Do you think... If somehow the Yankees do end up making the wild card game and winning that and going on into the playoffs, do you even want all these guys like coming back? Because do you think they'll even be like get enough enough reps in to be like counted on in the playoffs? Or do you think they it's a concern? It's a concern because um, you know I've made all the jokes about when Aaron Hicks was told to shut it down and he was like, "I'm back," uh, and even though he hit that home run off Verlander. You know, I think it, it did throw off some of the the chemistry. I mean, it's would I rather have Luis Severino in the bullpen than Brooks Krisky? Yeah, obviously. Uh, but if we were to get to and you know, and we're recording this at one and a half games back, we technically control our own destiny because we play Boston, we play Toronto. Uh, and technically, if we win every game for the rest of the year, then, you know, hey, we'll, we'd be there. We'd maybe even host uh, a game. But the more likely situations are we don't make the playoffs. I think we've got a 28% chance of making the playoffs on fan graphs now. Um, wow. And and it was up. It was in, like, the like 80s, 90s. Like it, it was mm-hmm. high up there at one point. Um, and... Don't quote me on that, though. It might have been in the 70s or 60s. I have no idea. Uh, but the these guys coming in at this point, like, yeah, I, I guess I'd rather have them. But I think it's the same story. It's the same story we've always had is we're going to run. We'd run out of pitching anyway. And part of that is one is I don't think we built a good enough rotation. I think the idea of Cole and Prey and part of that praying is two guys who missed all last year in Kluber and Tyone and Herman who missed all of last year and has his own off field stuff. He's retired. He's unretired all on his Instagram. 
And then hoping, I mean, Jordan Montgomery is turning into a nice little pitcher. He's got 73 career starts. I've said I don't consider him us developing a major league starter until he gives us 30 starts next year. You know, that'll get him over 100. And then, you know, we've, hey, we've brought along a major league caliber pitcher who's never made an all-star game, so it's not great. But, you know, then our last all-star that we fully developed and has made 100 starts and Andy Pettit. So, you know, it goes back to, and it's not just the rotation, it's the lineup because it's so feast or famine with home run or strikeout. It was so weighted right-handed that it was easy for teams to pitch through our lineup and we never blew games out, so we never saved any of our pitchers. And it goes, you know, I've talked about it a billion times, and I'll talk about it more maybe next week. Maybe I'll really make a pitch the week after that, that I think organizationally we just need big changes. We need to see, um, we need to see Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman lose their jobs. So um, I know we'll get into the questions later, but kind of related to that. Someone had asked that at the end of the season, if Aaron Boone gets fired, do you keep Matt Blake and Marcus Thames around or are they gone as well? No, Marcus Thames is gone. I think the only person who should keep their job on the coaching staff is Matt Blake right now because Matt Blake, he's not Aaron Boone's guy. Um, he's not, I don't even know that he's Cashman's guy. You know, it was like, this is the obvious, like, path to go there was a lot of press around it and he's done a really good job like organizationally we haven't developed pitching but that's way before him and with what he has done this year like he's gotten blood from a stone i mean nestor cortez jr is our like number two pitcher right now he's kept us alive by finding ways to get innings out of non-conventional guys. He has struggled with the guys who he shouldn't have to coach. The Chapmans, the Britons shouldn't have to coach those guys at all, and they get set in their ways on some things, but I think Britton is I know he had surgery. I don't even know what the prognosis was. Like He may miss all of next year, so it's not even an issue for us. Um, but I think we're going to have closer to a regular offseason this year. Um, you know, obviously he didn't get a full off season cause he got hired before 20 and things got weird this year. There's, you know, COVID is the season going to happen. I mean, we're going to have some, is the season going to happen because of CBA this year, but mm-hmm. I think giving him, you know, a, a somewhat normal off season to do some things with some of these guys with Herman having a, a, you know, a, a pretty much a full season under him having Seve be apparently back. I'd be very curious, and Tyone now getting a season after the, all the Tommy Johns getting a season under him. I would like to see what Matt Blake can do with a rotation of Cole, Seve, Tyone, Montgomery, Cortez. Her, her mom. Are you adding anyone in the offseason or no? Um, well, glad you asked. I think the no Yankees problem. have to explore explore some trades, as I've said a billion times. I think our lineup is two home run or uh, strikeout with Voight, 
Judge, Stanton, um, and now adding Gallo. And Gallo has like the stiff neck or whatever, but I think I think he's fine. Um, you've got four guys that are really home runner, but and Gary, if you if he sticks around, and I mean, kind of Glaber too. You know, like you see how many people like we're talking six guys. Who are home run? We don't have a shortstop. Gio Urshela is not our shortstop. Um, and he shouldn't be. He's a great third baseman. There may be value in trading Gio Urshela. That may be where the value is. The tough thing is, like, I don't think the Yankees should give Gary Sanchez a contract. I think they should non tender no. him. Um, if yep. he catches on somewhere else whether it be as a DH, a first baseman, or someone can turn it around and make him a great catcher, great. But, like, we can't, we clearly can't do that. Um, it's almost like if you date someone who's got, like, a drinking problem and you try to get them to stop and, you know, and they can't, and you hit a point where you've got to walk away from the relationship because, like, it's unhealthy for you, but then they find recovery or whatever it is, like, that good for them. That's great, but it just wasn't going to work here. And I think the Gary Sanchez experiment clearly isn't working. So if we were to non-tender him, I mean that's it. We don't. We also don't have money coming off the payroll. So Judge is going to get a raise. Gallo's going to get a raise. Um, Glaber may still get a raise because they just give these guys little bits of raises. Voit may you know, be getting a raise. It makes it really tough to like, where's the money come from? We're almost at 210 by doing it. So I think if we can get a new GM in who could find value in other ways, I mean, it's tough to, it's aside from if you're going to say on paper, if you got to line up with the 2020 home run champion, Aaron judge, Stanton, Joey Gallo, how do they not win the world series? I mean, we're seeing that every day. I don't mm-hmm. think we re-signed Rizzo, um, which is an issue. But there might be the value in trading Voight as well. I think the value that we can trade right now relies in it, the the valuable players that would have value for other teams to possibly trade. And it's not a selling at the lowest. To me are Luke Voight, Gio Urshela, Aaron Judge. And, I mean, maybe Jordan Montgomery. Because, like, nobody wants Domingo Herman. Like, you'd have to sell low on him the same way we got Chapman. You know, mm-hmm. domestic violence guy. I I don't know how much of a shot Kluber's going to get from him. Like, Kluber, here's what's going to happen. Kluber's going to sign a $5 million. He got 11 this year. He's going to sign an uh, $5 million deal next year and make 30 starts for the Red Sox. Like that's oh, and shut us out every time. Yeah, that's what'll happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot like to even comb through of like where he's going to go, but we don't have a ton of value, trade guys. And then you, we've still got Miguel Andujar. We still have Clint Frazier. Clint Frazier's still a number five pick. I don't think you can just walk away. I think you try to get something, some minor league yeah. you know, prospects. But yeah, he's a literal head case because he's oh. got vertigo. Yeah, it feels bad. It feels really bad for him. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a, a nice guy. I wanted everything to work out for him here. Um, maybe a change of scenery helps. But like, even when he wasn't playing well, like you don't want a guy to go out injured 
and I say like I don't care about like some of these guys when they have to get Tommy John and it's just like oh you know you're cheering for an injury I've been cheering for David Price Tommy John for forever and <laughs> it's different when it's like it's it's your day to day like you get Tommy John you can still live your life like I I don't even know if like Clint can drive a car I would assume not Vertigo's pretty yeah that's not fun no not not at all um yeah I mean so. I think it all like what happens to the Yankees. Like you can't if we run this same team out there again, we're fucked. But I don't see a lot of Next flexibility. Season? Yeah, I don't, and then I don't see a lot of flexibility if we don't make like tremendous changes. And then even like if we were to change, like if you run the same roster out there with just a different manager and Cashman making the decisions and Hal saying. You're not giving me any reason to go over 210. And all of us on Twitter are going, oh, you know what? They didn't go over this year, so then it's reset, and they can go over next year when nobody has said that they're going to do that. There's been no indication that they're going to do that. They haven't proven that they're going to do that. Uh, They haven't done that in a long time. I don't think Hal's going to okay a 2009 spending spree um, unless he goes out and gets – like, we need a shortstop. Like, in all of this, like, we have – there is no shortstop on the Yankees roster. And – I love the kid, but it's not Andrew Velasquez. We also may have value at this point in trading Tyler Wade. Shockingly, I yeah. think there's more more value for Tyler Wade than Glaber Torres right now. You've got one guy who could play four positions and fucking bat 280. You got another guy who could play no positions and bat 260, but he hit a lot of home runs when the balls were juiced. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, are you still. I know we talk about Corey Seager all the time on this podcast, but is he the shortstop of the New York Yankees next year? Or does that change your thoughts about the team as a whole? I don't know. He's I mean, shortstop? you got to look at him from it. And he's not like a world-class defender, but like, I don't need a gold glove shortstop. I mean, I'm a Derek Jeter fan, so I know <laughs> I don't need the best <laughs> defensive player. Um, I think the, the lefty bat would help the lineup having an actual shortstop with a, a World Series pedigree, I think could be really good for us. But the numbers just have to make sense because after next season, you've got Judge and Gallo coming as free agents. And, I mean, if for some reason they're like, fuck it, we're keeping Gary, that's three. Which they can't keep Hopefully Gary. they won't do it. Yeah, and hopefully they won't. But, like, we can't – there's not a team that has Giancarlo Stanton, Garrett Cole – uh, see, I don't think they go Seeger. I think you make a trade, whether it's like in Urshela or even if you could flip Glaber for God knows what. But I think you find like a veteran shortstop who's going to be your shortstop for one to two years until Anthony Volpe is ready. Yeah, like maybe someone like Freddie Galvis even. or Yeah. You go out there, you sign a one-year deal. You you do what we did with Didi, where we thought we were bridging the gap till the next everyday shortstop for the New York Yankees. It just didn't work out this time. And hopefully Volpe, you know, works out. But you know, I've seen some people say he doesn't necessarily project as a shortstop. I don't know, guys hit like thirty some of the home runs in the minor leagues. Like let's I'm fine to give him a shot. Yeah, how how old is Volpe? He's young. He's a local guy too. Like Jay. Jason Dominguez younger, a little older than him. No, I don't think Jason Dominguez even exists. I don't even think he's a real person. And the Volpe is 20 years old. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Similar. 
Yeah. I mean, he was born in 2001. That's ridiculous. He was teammates with Jack Leiter in high school. Really? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, he's from Morristown, New Jersey. Oh, okay. That so, was yeah. a crazy high school team. So that's like, but that's another guy. Um, I mean, that'd be a cool story. Like, guy grew up being a Yankee fan, wanted to be a shortstop for the Yankees, become shortstop for the Yankees. That's Jeter. That works. It's like Velasquez that can yeah, that weighs more true. than eighty pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they do, but we've got you. Just we're not one player away. We're just not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what everyone thought we were. Like we got coal because we were coal away, but we weren't. And then, yo, Gallo and Rizzo, that'll let it just, it hasn't worked out. And I get it. There have been some bad breaks. Like, guys are going to, are supposed to play better than they have. I understand that. We have a certain amount of information that we have access to that makes us say these guys should play better. Brian Cashman has access to way more information than us. And if he can't make the determination that this is what's going to happen with these guys, I just don't think he can do the job anymore because for one third of the salary, the Rays are doing it. Yeah, it's I hate the Rays. You have no idea. I can imagine being in Florida. Everyone's a Rays fan. Uh, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've got a big week ahead of us. We've got to sweep the Rangers. If we don't sweep the Rangers, I don't think we're really talking about anything else. Now, you do have like the Blue Jays are playing the Rays. Um, the Red Sox are playing the Mets, but like the Blue Jays still play like seven games against the Orioles this year. Like they play us and the Orioles. So that's tough. It's tough. It's going to work so, out. For them. What's a, what's a bigger series? Do you think the Red Sox series or the uh, Blue Jays series? Which one's bigger? Um, so I, the Blue Jay series may not matter by the time we get to it. That's you know also saying? true. Like, we yeah. need to, we can't go and, like, so we need to sweep the Rangers. But, like, mm-hmm. I still don't think that if we go and take two out of three from Boston and two out of three from Toronto, we've really done anything. Like, you've got to sweep one of those, I think. Uh, and so we'll see. So, Toronto? Boston? Oh, my gosh. Like, it depends where things... Like, it's one of those things where it's like, none of it matters if we don't go out there and kick the shit out of the Rangers. That's, like, those are have-to-win games. I don't know if they're must-win or can't lose, but they're one of them. And then, when you look at where we are, you know, we're two and a half behind Boston. In theory, if we just hold, you know, hold serve with them through their series. I think they're playing two against the Mets. The Mets fucking stink, but they beat us. Mm -hmm. So like if we sweep and they sweep, we're still two games back going into that series and taking two out of three. Now we're one game back from them. Like I'm tired of doing math. We didn't get this fucking roster for me to be doing math. It's really going to suck on Wednesday after we sweep the Rangers and all of our hopes are high again. Yeah. Oh, my God. The letdown. The letdown. I can't wait for it. 
Um, brutal. So I think you tweeted out. We unless I was going to do questions. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I just this week I didn't really have chances to watch any of the games. But in weightlifting, there's this thing called a deload week where you kind of you lift a little bit lighter than you normally do to let your muscles recover. So I kind of treated this week as a deload from the Yankees week. Okay. So I only I only watched one game, but I'm feeling really good. Like my week was a lot better when I wasn't watching them play. So <laughs> yeah, we should all take a deload week. I've had about three deload weeks this season, where it's like, because listen, I am watching part of every game. You know, we got mm-hmm. down, we're down like you know six nothing. I went in the pool yesterday. You know, I don't, I can't sit there and do that. Um, I'll. I fucking hate this team, and I will watch the game tonight. I think – I've been thinking about it. If the Yankees win every game for the rest of the season, get into the playoffs, and win the World Series, I'll still fucking hate this team. Oh, no one no one hates the Yankees more than <laughs> Yankees fans. I will still hate every fucking player on this team so fucking much for what they've still been through. still be at the parade, though. For, I won't, but I'll well, – Actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I like it's one. It's just like an abusive relationship right now, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you took me, you get take me on vacation. Like, yeah, you're gonna propose. Like, I'm gonna say yes to the ring. We're gonna get divorced. What do we got for questions? You want, some, you want some of these questions? Yeah. So my man Eric had asked this question about. He goes, "Do you have any explanation for the day night splits?" And what he's talking about is. During day games, the Yankees are 21 and 32, but in night games, they're 62 and 35. So I saw that. I was not aware of that. Um, and he had, he replied to his own tweet that like other yeah. like a lot of the other it's not just like the wins and losses. Like they are an absolutely atrocious team during the day, and at night mm-hmm. they light the world on fire. Like I, I don't know what the explanation. So there's, here's a part of it. Um, is, oh wow, I'm having surgery on Thursday, and I was talking yesterday to my wife. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get any, uh, like pain pill, like painkillers. Uh, and uh, uh, while we're doing this, I'm doing my like e check in. Oh, they're oh giving, yeah. Oh, oh, they're giving me pain pills. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> got a big weekend coming up. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I um, my I'm I'm gonna wait. My wife's gonna find this out on the podcast when she listens. Yeah, I so I part of me wants to say that these guys are a little Hollywood. The bright lights, they're excited to be there. Hey, you know we're ready to do it. But when it comes to fucking on a getaway day, and if you look at when we talk about the season. We talk about all the times they couldn't finish sweeps. Even, you know, we win two games and getaway day, we can't do it. They can't put their foot on people's throats. A lot of times, that's your your getaway day is that mm-hmm. Thursday day game, Wednesday day game, Sunday day game. And when it comes to doing that, when it comes to finishing the job, this team just doesn't have it. And I would, I would point to that probably. Whatever it is that they fucking can't get it done, they're not motivated. I blame Boone. Uh, that's why we're seeing those stats in my mind. All right. And then next up, we got uh, Fishy Fishy. 
Fishy Fishy. He, uh, he's wondering who's going to be the next manager of the Yankees and why. Um, so if the Marlins were to part ways with Don Mattingly, which I could see being possible, just like, hey, it's about time to make the change. Like He's done a, a good job keeping things moving there for Jeter, but I could see mm-hmm. that. Um, I can see that being kind of the easy move. Yeah. But I could also see if you get rid of Cashman and you bring in Theo Epstein, then the next manager of the Yankees is going to be whoever the best person available, whoever the best fit is. Now, I don't know that Don Manley is the best fit, but it's the easy, hey, Donnie Baseball is available, so we get him. Fucking mm-hmm. spike some 23 jersey sales. We just had the bobblehead day. Everyone's excited. I don't know that he's the best fit for this team, but it's the easy fit, and no mm-hmm. one's really going to fight it. No. Whereas if you remove – let's remove all the fucking nostalgia. Let's put a tarp over the monuments. Let's not look at them. Let's bring in some gentleman, whether it's Theo Epstein or some young gun I don't necessarily know about, and let's you know make make things happen for him. He'll find whoever the best. Like who is the um, bench coach or double A manager that we don't know about mm-hmm. as regular people that is you know actually going to be the perfect person. Yeah, that'd be really interesting to hear. I don't know if someone can tweet that at us or let us know because it's going to be a fun offseason looking forward to or reading up on all these coaches. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. All right. And then finally, Clive, he goes, uh, what's your plans for October with no baseball? Clive's my dude. Um, lives in Scotland. Oh, very he- cool, Clive. He lives in Scotland. He, I met him at the um, when we played in London. He got me. So they gave oh, out. Okay. So for that, they gave to like local ambassadors or whatever um, tickets to the workout day. Being here in the U.S., we didn't have access to them. So he got uh, he got me in. So that was cool. Met him, nice guy. And then he came over for one of our uh, like events. At um, oh wow, yeah, he came over for like a week and went to like three games. Uh, so Clive's the man. Uh, I mean, I'm probably just gonna like sink into a, a winter depression of sorts. I mean, I I casually mentioned it. I don't talk about it a ton, but like I'm having another kid in the next like two weeks, so I've got that. I'll be pretty busy with that. There'd be a nice, you know, it'd be fun to watch games while i'm like half asleep dude but it's not gonna happen <laughs> i don't watch the rest of the playoffs if the yankees aren't in it i don't i go back to my like regular life i will yeah. pretty much go right from like when the season's over i will go right back into dog mode like as soon as the season's over i'm gonna go online and i'm gonna offer up five thousand dollars to uh i'm gonna give a hundred dollars to 50 people to save uh 50 dogs and cats so, like, that's the initial thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna do, um, and yeah, and I'm working on this kids book, so I'm just gonna like focus on that. I have an actual job, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, that's pretty much what my focus is gonna be. No pool though, closing it up. Pool closes on Wednesday. 
That's so weird to me because, you know, Ford owes pool all year round, baby. Your electric bill's got to be a fucking nightmare year round. I don't have a pool. I go to my neighbor's. Well, like, so my pool running it, I mean, it's like my electric bill goes up to like $700 a month. And I don't have. The pools get shut down completely? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't. I thought you just put the tarp over it. Well, what? Yeah, that's what. I mean, well, yeah, you turn it off. So I have have guys Uh, who are coming here on Wednesday. I don't know what they do because I've never gone through this. I had them come and open it, and they like open it and dump some shit in, and they make sure everything is running. And then, like, two days later, I bring in a sample to the place, and they tell me what other chemicals I need. Uh, and so I don't know what they do to, like, winterize or whatever. They did say that my heater wasn't shut down properly last year, so that's why it's broken. So I have to get that replaced in the off offseason. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do, but, um, yeah, they have to uh, take it down. And then uh, I don't think they lower the water either. They just cover it up, maybe add something to it that's good for, like, the offseason, and then they just shut everything down until um, probably next, like, April. Oh, that's so far. It is. It is. So I may – so, like, the sun's down now. Here's the issue. Right now, the pool is warmer than the air. So it's like 75 degrees out, but the pool's like almost 80 from like retaining the heat during the day. So if you're not underwater, it's cold. I may jump mm-hmm. in tomorrow to just get like one last one. It's going to rain Wednesday. So we'll see. But it was sad. Like I went in yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, this I'm, is probably it, babe. This is the last time. I'm getting sad for you. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a good time. But I've got, you know. This year was the first year in the house, so like I'm having a deck built in the winter. You get to start doing all the stuff that to make the house like what I want it to be. I could have come built that deck for you, dude. You still can. I mean, no, I mean you're not a company with like insurance and stuff, so nah, I wouldn't get hurt. I'm not worried about you getting hurt. I'm worried about someone <laughs> getting hurt on this deck you built, and then I have no one to sue. <laughs> That's the issue. So, um, yeah, I think that's all we got, right? Yeah, my Chipotle is on the way, so. Ooh, big dinner, big dinner. Chipotle. Oh, actually, real quick, real quick. Yeah, dude, you can you ask me HBO anything Max? you want. Do I, I do have HBO yeah, Max. Okay, I just, you know, this week, I bought a, I bought a 65-inch TV, and I just subscribed to HBO Max, so big night tonight. Going to watch a movie. Nice. Do your parents not have HBO and you can just steal that login? No. So, like, our our neighborhood that we live in, the HOA, they, like, give us, like, our TV plan or whatever, and it's just included in the HOA fee. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, we don't have HBO, but I saw that, like, all the new movies are on HBO Max, and, like, I've never seen Sopranos, so I'm going to start watching that. Yeah, do it. That comes out next week. The movie. new one, yeah, yeah, yeah. For the movie, yeah, we, um, yeah, we have HBO Max because they have all the Sesame Streets. So mm, we've got no kids. Coco Melon. Coco Melon is the fucking worst, dude. The songs don't even rhyme. Like the songs are all fucking terrible. 
my wife started putting that on. I was like, we can't do this. Like, this is, we got to go back to Sesame Street because the songs at least make sense. And it blows, oh, no. your ki- it blows your kid's mind because it's all the same songs for, like, forever. And they're just like, yo, how do you fucking know this bop? Like, dad, how do you know this? Or, like, they send us videos from daycare. And so, like, they're doing the wheels on the bus at school. And then I go pick her up. And then we're just like, did you do the wheels on the bus? And she's just like, yo, how the fuck you guys know about this? You guys know about this, too? You guys are on to this? So, Do your kids know about the Wiggles or no? No, I don't. The Wiggles are the Australian people, right? I don't know. They're the, they wear all the colors. They might be Australian. Yeah, so there's a little bit of crossover. There's so on YouTube, you can, there's also like just Elmo fucking or Sesame mm-hmm. Street like compilations that you could put on. Um, oh. And so there are some Wiggle Sesame Street crossovers. Oh, love the Wiggles. They had some bangers. So, uh, were you? Are you a Blues Clues kid? Yeah, my first birthday. No, actually, my first birthday was uh, Big Bear in the Blue House. Or- so, like when that video came out, like last week, of like Steve from Blues Clues. Like, did that do and, anything for you? No, I, I didn't even watch it. Oh, okay. I just saw the memes and I was like, ah, I missed it. Too late. So, like for me, everyone like that meant something to them. I'm way too old for Blues Clues. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, damn, like, I wish that meant something for me because it, it seemed to really hit a lot of people. Oh, maybe I'll go watch it. Probably not. I mean, it's like a one minute video on Twitter. Was he just, what's he just saying, like, bye? No, no, no don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'll just go watch it. Don't tell me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all we got. Nick will be back if he survives. I mean, in theory, Nick may die this week. In theory, we all may, but. I think he's a little closer to it than yeah, us because well, of the strep. Better tell whoever makes a graphic to get my picture ready. Right? The new logo. <laughs> Dan, I appreciate you uh, you filling in. I hope this was fun for you. Where can people Always. follow you on Twitter? Juicy99. Juicy99. It's the best. Uh, you follow the show at George's Box Pod. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx talking that shit about how much I hate these motherfuckers. And, uh, you know, talking about dogs in the very near future. So give us a follow, follow the show, George's Box Pod, Juicy99, JJ from the Bronx. And who knows, maybe we'll win every game for the rest of the year, go to the playoffs, play like we've never played before. All you need, we don't even, you know, get a good 13-game win streak going, and we'll see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.